This is the Tan Report. I'm your host, Tan Trung. And right now in Louisiana, it's politics all the time. Early voting for the October 14 primary elections wrapped up a few days ago, and soon, voters will be heading to the polls to make their choices in many races. The biggest one in the state is for governor, with Republican Jeff Landry and Democrat Sean Wilson predicted to meet in a runoff in November. Ahead of all this, I drove to Baton Rouge and sat down with the man in charge of making sure elections throughout the state are run properly and lawfully. I'm Kyle Ardwan, Secretary of State for the great state of Louisiana. I have been for uh, almost five, a little over five years now, and uh, I run elections. Since the 2020 presidential election, there have been a lot of, shall we say, opinions about what lawful and proper elections actually are, including here in Louisiana. I have never seen it this polarized. I've never seen it as toxic as this. I grew up in a world where you respected leaders, you respected elected officials, um, until they showed you a reason not to respect them. Whether it's deserved or not, Louisiana Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin has seen a fair share of disrespect thrown his way in the past few years. We'll get to that and his decision not to seek re-election a bit later. But let's first get his take on the early voting period for the primary elections, including that race for governor. I'm a little disappointed in what I see as the turnout thus far during early voting and absentee voting. It's uh, a tad bit down from 2019. You don't feel the enthusiasm in the state that a gubernatorial race usually brings. So I'm kind of concerned that people may be a little uh, complacent and, and not register their opinion at the polls. Maybe they'll turn out in large numbers on the 14th, but this is usually an indication of the Yeah, general. early voting is usually an indication of what, what it'll be like. Um, we anticipate somewhere between 42 and 46 percent, which is typical, but we may have to revise that by the time early voting ends on, on this coming Saturday. Can you put your finger on why enthusiasm is low? Well, I think you, you don't have the funding that many uh, other elections have had, gubernatorial elections have had. Oddly enough, you have... You're talking uh, about the candidates the raising candidates, the money. Yeah, raising money. Oddly enough, you have a good number of candidates, but yet they can't seem to break out of the pack and challenge either Mr. Wilson or, or Mr. Landry. And then, uh, ironically, you have a larger number than ever typically of open statewide races, such as Secretary of State and Treasurer and Attorney General, and yet there's no real excitement around those. The insurance commissioner's job is already filled because, you know, the other candidate dropped out. There was no significant opposition. I was just telling a friend of mine earlier on the way to lunch, I, I, I find this probably the most unique statewide election I've, I've seen in my lifetime. Why? Because of the lack of interest, the lack of excitement, the lack of, uh, I would say, drama. <laughs> I mean, Louisiana is known for dramatic elections uh, and, and really um, strong um, personalities. And I, I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's just different this time. It could have been a function of the Louisiana Republican Party coming out early and putting a full-throated endorsement behind Mr. Landry it, on this that kind of maybe it could very well, yeah. threw a wet blanket on the other Could very well be, yes, which is another unique aspect of it. It may be an indicator of what a closed party primary might bring 
or it could be if they had closed party primaries, there might be a little bit more excitement and a lot more attention paid early in the race versus what, what's going on now. But obviously, Mr. Landry has a, um, a unique opportunity and a strong strategy going into this, and he hadn't stopped, and uh, I think that shows. Earlier this summer, Ardwin's office rolled out this year's version of the I Voted sticker that people will get after going to the polls. It's an interpretation of the state flag. At the center is a pelican, wings open and protecting a nest. Three chicks are in that nest, looking up at their mother. Above all of them is the phrase, I voted. The name of the artwork is called Confidence, and depending on your political leanings, confidence in the electoral process can drastically differ. Ardwin, a Republican, is more than confident in his office's ability to ensure the integrity of elections in the state. On the other side is a segment of Louisiana, and really, America, that believes the 2020 presidential election was rigged and plagued with fraud. Ardwin says his office has heard from that segment quite often since 2020. How tiring is it to start and keep answering questions about election security and, and whether things have been stolen or, you know, is every vote counted? I mean, this has been going on for almost three years now. And, yeah. You know, it's, even um, though the, the election results were very clear in Louisiana, there's still a question, there's still a, a crowd of people out there that think that these elections aren't going off as they should in Louisiana. It's exhausting because I attempted to educate folks about how our processes and procedures work, how our machines work, how they're never connected to the internet, how we, we check, double check, triple check, how we reconcile, how we uh, do internal audits, how we are air-gapped and how we, you know, because we utilize uh, the parish board of election supervisors, it's local people doing the job along with the clerk and the registrar in every single parish. If you don't trust that, I mean, it's transparent. You can go and spend a whole evening watching them count the votes um, for early voting, which is the paper process. You can say ad nauseum that we're never connected to the Internet. These machines on Election Day were invented before the Internet was even around. I mean, I don't know what more you can say. Other than that, there's, a, there's those people who just refuse to believe anything and are willing to believe everything. The truth doesn't matter to them. The facts don't matter. It has to be their facts. Every time you, we met with them and every time we tried to debunk everything they said, the goalposts moved, the subject matter changed, the ideas changed, the solutions changed, and now we're at a point where they want to use a clothesline to count votes. Uh, you know, and that, was that and, a real suggestion? Yes, and we have a picture of it. We, we'll, we'd be happy to share that with you. And the most insulting thing is, you know, I'm I'm of Acadian descent, aka a Cajun, and they call it the Cajun vote counter. I'm way smarter than that. That's an insult to my heritage. When it comes to the dominant political party in Louisiana, it's the Republican Party. The GOP has overwhelming majorities in both the state house and senate. Election results from 2020 showed Donald Trump winning the state by a huge margin. Also, there were many Republican victories up and down that ballot that year. Despite that, a movement based on suspicions that elections in Louisiana have been full of fraud and have fallen short of acceptable standards has grown. Even after audits in Louisiana and other states showed no evidence of widespread fraud in 2020, you'd have a tough time telling that to election deniers, which are plentiful here in Louisiana. 
The loud and constant cries of fraud in the state's electoral system were on display in the summer of 2022. Secretary of State Ardwin was in the midst of pushing for Louisiana to buy new voting machines to replace outdated ones that had been used in previous elections. Ardwin created a voting systems commission, which, in essence, opened up the decision-making process of securing new voting machines to the public. There were hearings where people attending the meeting could speak. In June of that year, Mike Lindell, the CEO of the MyPillow line of betting and diehard supporter of Donald Trump, came to a commission meeting. Everyone who spoke before the commission had three minutes to make their point. Ardwin, the head of the commission, gave Lindell more leeway. Um, Next, we have a a gentleman that traveled from a far, far away place, uh, Minnesota. Uh, We have um, Mr. Mike Lindell. Uh, representing himself. Come on up, Mr. Lindell. Uh, Mr. Lindell, I'm going to take chairman's privilege. I'm going to give you a little bit more time since you've come so far. And uh, I know that there's a lot of people that are interested to hear what you have to say, and uh, but I hope you will keep it concise as possible since okay. we have to get to the del- deliberation part of this meeting. Okay. Well, thank you, Mr. Secretary and Commissioner, members, for, ha- for allowing me to speak here today. Um, I'm going to start with um, we're in an apex in history and uh, for Louisiana, for our country, and quite frankly, for the world. Um, we're in a time where computers and artificial intelligence. Lindell ended up speaking for 17 minutes. One of his messages was that any electronic form of voting could be susceptible to security breaches or cyber attacks. Lindell and like-minded supporters in Louisiana want an all-paper system because they claim it's the most secure. Lindell said the stakes in elections are just too high to risk the possibility of a hack or cyber breach. Here's how he envisioned a secure election. You all know that you got to put your mind there because you know what? The people, the people want a piece of paper, like you said, someone said here, any pen. We've done it before, and now we have even cameras. Imagine a system like this. You go in, you vote, you get paper and pencil, and it's the most secure paper in history, by the way, and it's all number, the, the number, each one has your own number. There's a very good system, and actually, it was partially brought before you guys about six, six seven months ago. With that, imagine then you have cameras as you're hand counting. Cameras. We all have every, you guys, we're on camera right now. And the cameras, so the public, the hand count is the audit. You can go back in there and say, hey, we got a problem here by the time it reaches the uh, Mr. Secretary. We have a problem here. They don't match. You look back. That is your audit. It's already done for you. During his 17 minutes at the microphone, Lindell claimed some elections earlier that year in Alabama and Colorado were, quote, stolen. Lindell has shared many conspiracy theories since 2020, but he's also shared some of his ideas which he believes would make elections more secure. One of his latest ones is to fly drones over polling places with so-called Wi-Fi sniffers strapped to them to make sure voting machines are not connected to the Internet. What if I told you that there is a device that's been made for the first time in history that can tell you that that machine was online? In August of this year, during what Lindell called his election summit, he played a video in front of a live audience in Missouri. 
It explained how his drones would help make sure voting machines would not be hooked up to the internet. Okay, do you guys in the back, do you have the, do you have the, do you have it up there? The video? Yeah, they're ready to go? No, I said the, the video, yeah, they need to. Okay, then what, it, no, I'm talking in the back. The Election Crime Bureau is proud to introduce the WMD, or Wireless Monitoring Device. The wireless monitoring device is a sophisticated network connection monitoring system, designed specifically with election security in mind. We have been told that our election computers are never connected to the internet. The WMD will put that to the test, by detecting and reporting, in real time, Wi-Fi connections in county and state election offices. All internet routers and access points will be reported, as well as any devices to which they connect. The WM Flying a drone above a polling place would likely prompt some legitimate legal questions, but it seems like laws, facts, and even science can all be debated in these political times. And those welcoming such debates have only gotten more vocal. In Louisiana, two former executives of corporations, including one who used to be the CEO of Community Coffee, have alleged fraud in voter rolls and manipulation of voting machines. Like Lindell, they claim Louisiana elections would be more secure if they used all paper ballots. Here's the Secretary of State's response. I don't know how loud of a voice this is, but there's been some folks that say that we need to go to an all paper ballot system. It's much more secure. How feasible is that when you hear people criticizing or maybe putting their opinions in what you do? Well, those people who put themselves out there as election experts and have never put on an election, um, the voters should be very wary of. Um, they don't understand election law. They don't understand election processes and procedures. The Louisiana State Auditor gave us a clean bill of health um, with an audit in 2022. Um, I, you know, they, they recognize the procedures and the policies that we have in place. Uh, Louisiana is a top-down state. Other states are looking to do that. When we have visited, when I have visited other states, um, they have centralized counting. When they have paper ballots, they have a centralized counting process with significant security in it. Um, we, as a top-down state, I don't think we can go to that system because basically each county and other states do their own procurement. They have their own system. Um, in Louisiana, we want the, the security and the accuracy and the confidence for the Louisiana voter to know that every parish board of election supervisors is doing it exactly the same way, exactly the same time, and following all the same policies and procedures so that there's no room for error and there's no room for question of how it's being implemented. Um, as long as we continue down that route, then I think there's no way that we can use all hand paper ballots or hand count. It's an impossibility. And the more paper you have, the more controls you have to have, the more people you have to have to control that paper. Because otherwise, if you lose track of ballots, you've disenfranchised people. So it's a significant issue that we have to deal with. But I think those who call themselves experts, whether they're an ex-CEO of a coffee 
place or a telecommunications business, they've never put on elections. I've never called myself a telecommunications expert. I've never suggested I'd be an expert in making coffee. I haven't told people how to pick beans or how to process beans. But don't tell me or my staff for you who have been in this business for many, many years beyond me how to put on elections unless you've actually put on an election. Now you suggested that we could improve on security and you'd said that it was time for us to kind of move away from the old machines that Louisiana's been operating on. And I guess my simple question would be, I mean, if we've had successful elections in the past and we've had minimal uh, anomalies, if it ain't broke, why, why try to fix it? The simple answer is that the machines are so outdated that the parts aren't even reproduced. Um, one of the main mechanisms that we have to utilize um, to upload the results from each cartridge from each election day machine, uh, those are, are outdated and we can't find them. Um, and so we're getting to a point where um, we are not able to replace the parts for the machines that we, we need. Um, and so we've got we've to update the technology. Even with its outdated technology, Louisiana has managed to earn good marks for how it's run its elections. In a state that usually ranks near the bottom when it comes to issues like education and poverty, recognition for its electoral system is certainly welcomed. We have done a great job. We are now sixth, I believe, in the nation, registered by the Heritage Foundation in Election Integrity. The Electoral Integrity Project has ranked us 12th in the nation and, and first in the South. Um, and those are two diametrically opposed organizations and, and yes, how they're they are. measuring Louisiana or any state. And so I feel like we've done a masterful job. We've passed a lot of legislation over the years to maintain our integrity and improve things. Some have, have passed on the governor's desk and some he's vetoed. And so I think there's a lot more that we can do to improve. Um, and I hope that that's where the focus is. Ultimately, Ardwin had to drop his pursuit for new voting machines. The politics surrounding it took center stage and the hearings that were part of Ardwin's Voting Systems Commission seemed to only put a spotlight on them. You know, there's been a lot of talk with, you know, you giving a platform to, to Michael Lindell. Um, do you regret that at that point? I mean, do, do you look back on that moment and say, you, you know, know, we all have, do over? We all have regrets. Um, if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't have given him more time. Um, but I do, I don't regret having an open discussion about it. What I do regret is I didn't push back more on the legislature getting involved in procurement process. Um, I don't mind them, you know, approving a contract. I mean, that's their prerogative. But we created a platform for the, the most far-reaching of, of conspiracy theorists. Some might say wacky, but yeah, you can call it far-reaching. <laughs> I mean, everybody can have their opinion, and look, you know, I, I certainly have mine, and if I had it all to do over again, I, I would do some things definitely different. Um, but I, you know, I, I try to be inclusive and to hear all sides. There's issues on the far left that I don't agree with, but I meet with them, those folks, and we go through it, and we talk about it. And sometimes we come to an agreement, sometimes we don't. 
every time I met, I tried to meet with and met with the individuals that have created this movement in Louisiana and tried to talk through the process. As I told you, the goalposts kept moving, and it was a constant change. I mean, I can't keep doing that. I've got to make a decision with the facts that I know and the, the information that I know that they don't know. And they want to believe the worst, and I try to believe the best. And the reality is that we know the system we have in Louisiana is one of the best in the nation, and we can improve on that, but we don't have to upend the whole system. I mean, I don't know where you find all the people to count ballots. I mean, one candidate says they'll be done in, what, 30 or 40 minutes after the polls close. Impossibility. They don't understand the ballot challenges that we have versus other states. We elect almost every position from top to bottom. The only thing we don't elect is dog catcher, and I, you know that may be coming. I don't know, but the fact is, is that we have a lot more offices on ballots than other counties do around the country, and that's just a fact. And that puts more pressure to maintain the integrity. Then, a absolutely, and and. When it's, when it's more of a people process, you're going to have more problems. Human error. Human error. And if you're working a 14-hour day and then you've got to come in and you've got to count ballots by hand, you, you, there's going to be mistakes. Or you're going to be days or weeks trying to figure out who won the election. And then the longer it takes, and people agree with me on this when I'm on the speaking circuit, the longer it takes, the more suspicion there will be, given our history. So why would we move from a system where we have legitimate results by, on a presidential as late as midnight, other elections as late as 10 o'clock? Why would we move away from that type of a system? It, it makes no sense. All we have to do is add the paper process into it so that we have a tally on election night and then we can audit the results or we can have recounts with the paper. Makes sense to me. Ardwin has been in office for about five years. He stepped into it after the previous Secretary of State resigned following a sexual harassment scandal. He then won a special election and a full term in 2019. Then came the 2020 election. I will tell you that 2020 turned election administration on its head because we didn't just have to administer the election. We had to answer volumes of public records requests, which we're still dealing with. And you had the antagonistic audiences that wanted to accuse us of everything under the sun and accuse uh, us of, of counting votes in Siberia, which is ludicrous. I mean, We've explained ad nauseum how that process works in state, closed lines, security, 24-7, 365. I mean, it's just unbelievable, and yet people aren't listening. People may not be listening, but they have tried to make sure Ardwin got their message. In some situations, Ardwin believed it was intimidation. When my personal neighborhood, somebody would put, paid someone to go through and put door hangers, accusing me of having fraudulent voter rolls and not addressing the issue. And again, with no facts. That's, that, I think, is intimidation and harassment. And then mailing them out to different segments of the state, 
I also felt, uh, I, I will tell you this, part of my frustration was the Republican Party itself did not support their own elected statewide officer. And to be clear, you're a Republican. And I'm Republican. And, you know, privately, they would agree that we have a, a great system. They didn't believe the conspiracy theories, but they, you know, they had a rally in and of itself or, you know, a two-day educational, whatever you want to call it, in Lafayette. And they took money from the conspiracy theorists, so the conspiracy theorists were able to bring outsiders in and talk about things that don't even occur here, that aren't even part of our processes, and apply it to here. And then all of a sudden, oh, they're right. We don't believe you anymore. We don't, you know, frustrating. And, and, and creating problems where it doesn't exist instead of just standing up and saying, we have a good system here. Why would we question it? And for the record, I mean, there, there were audits done. Yes. There were reviews of the, the election in 2020. <laughs> what did they show? That the election was as accurate as it could be. But the, you've got a group of people who think he got less votes than he should have, speaking of Trump. And the fact is, is that he got the most votes of any modern president in the state of Louisiana, including Ronald Reagan. And it surpassed the numbers he got in 2016 when he Absolutely. won the presidency. Absolutely. How much has that factored into your decision not to run again? A good bit. It, it was very strainful on my family. Um, it became strainful on me as an individual and, and my health. Um, and so, you know, you, you have to think about it. I've, I've got a two-year-old grandson. and. Um, you know, I never knew my heart could grow as big as it did when he came into the world. And I want to be here for him. Uh, you know, I don't want to lose years on my life. And I will tell you this, ever since I made my decision, I can't tell you the countless people who have said, wow, you look better than I've seen you in years. <laughs> so, I, and I've, I'm, I'm losing weight and it's, it's, you know, I'm getting healthier. It's, it's better. Uh, and it's better for my family. I do hope to have some role in public service, hopefully in a new administration. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. But it's um, been that taxing. I mean, since 2020, it's been absolutely taxing, and not just for me, but for my staff. I mean, just imagine. You know, I got off of Facebook and social media because that that was a that's a toxic environment to be in, and and I got my family for the most part off of it as well um, because it was hurtful to them what they would see people writing about me um, and accusing me of and uh, questioning my Christianity and my faith and, I mean, everything. But then it was also demoralizing for our staff who pour their hearts and souls into it. I mean, as a state worker, you're not paid a whole lot of money. And um, quite frankly, the hours that, that my staff put in to put on elections four times a year, plus any specials in between, it is is tough and to have worked through laura delta zeta ida you know you name it floods <laughs> it, it's been a very taxing four years for everybody and there's been left out covid yeah and covid <laughs> and i mean that was you know that, that started it all but it's been tough on everybody and for that my employees to see that people are trashing the jobs that they're doing and there's no fact behind it has been a very difficult thing for them to go through. 
quite frankly, I will say this. Not only just for me, but for my state and for this department. Removing myself from the race ended the target on this department and the employees because it was no longer about me and what I did or didn't do and what I would or wouldn't do. It became about the future. And then the sensibility for the discussions of elections in Louisiana and the Secretary of State's office turned completely around. It took a whole different tone, it took a whole different um, direction, and that was important to me. Can you talk about the emotions involved in that decision? Because I'm assuming you loved your job, you, I assumed you loved what you did. This has been the greatest honor of my life. I'm sorry. A lot of emotion went into it. A lot of family discussions. And uh, I'm sorry to the audience for being so emotional, but once I made my decision and it was final with my family, my daughter's head. <laughs> I've got my daddy back. Um, but I, I will say, I love this agency, I love the people. They've become family, and I'm going to miss it a lot. But, sorry. At some point, we have to make decisions greater than ourselves. Among the races on the ballot this fall will be the one to replace Arguin as Secretary of State. Whoever wins that election will eventually have to address the issue of the state's aging voting machines. And, considering what's taken place the last three years, they'll also have to face people who have less trust in the electoral process. Ardwin has some advice for his successor. Stand on your principles. Do what's best for the state. And don't let special interest groups tug you along. And don't let them influence public policy for the greater good. Ardwin will leave office in January. In Baton Rouge, I'm Tan Trung for WWL Radio.